0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello everybody, my name is Dan Buffa Coming to you tonight from Little Rock, Arkansas Good news and bad news for St. Louis sports fans The Cardinals won, but the Blues Have now trapped themselves into a, a sudden death Winner take all Best of seven, game seven Not good news, when you think about a few days ago The Blues are up 3-1 to one. Blackhawks didn't go away because that's what just Chicago teams kind of happen to do these days. They're pests. They're pricks. They don't go away. They they cause trouble. So we are now going to go back to St. Louis on Monday for a Game 7. But what I want to be talking to you about tonight is, more importantly, the Chicago Cubs and really the Chicago-St. Louis rivalry with a new guest from Twitter. His name is Kevin Mattingly. You may have associated with him, you may be not, maybe you should. His name is at Kevin WM2, and I'm going to get him on the line right here. Kevin? Hello, Kevin. this is Mr. Buffa. What's going on, man? Welcome to the Dose of Buffa. How
1: are you doing hey, tonight? It's, hey, it's good to finally be a part of the part of the ring, uh, ringmaster master show or whatever you call it.
0: But the ringmaster master show, just the dose, man. Just basically coming on and talking about uh, whatever.
1: I apologize, by the way, in advance. I'm, uh, I'm slightly deaf in my left ear and I'm left handed. So, uh, if I have to, if I have to say what a couple of times, it's not. Well, I didn't God. hear a word you
0: just said, so please say everything over. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm deaf in the ear, so now we're we're basically to have we're basically lined up perfectly for this podcast. <laughs>
1: Excuse me, now.
0: I said you're you're deaf in one ear. I'm deaf in the other ear. So this will be a perfect podcast for discuss everything. We won't we'll, we won't be able to hear each other. We'll, we'll we'll just talk talk into the wind. Yeah. Well, I I hope so. I
1: hope we'll be able to. I hope we'll be able to uh, hear each other as well as we can. I just turned my radio Death? off, so. We oh man, turn to... the radio off. Huh? That's
0: serious. So. So, Kevin, where are li- you at? Yeah, Going to start off by
1: that? Excuse me, uh, I was listening to the uh, the Mike Shannon aspect of the game. Oh, <laughs> you there know. you go. I watch it and then I mute. I watch it and then I mute it and then I listen to uh the Mike <laughs> Shannon part. There because you go. Cracks, Mike Shannon never up? gets old. Huh?
0: He never gets old, man. That that guy's gonna basically be a riot until he basically is there and that's gonna be never. I think they're gonna pull him out of the boots and probably just put him right in his grave and that's gonna be like playing there twenty years from now, so yeah,
1: exactly. He's, he's going to die in that fucking booth probably. But, <laughs>
0: That's funny. Um, well, 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 Kevin, let's go ahead and start by telling us about yourself. Kevin Mattingly from Chicago, is that where you live?
1: I grew up, up in that area. Uh, now I'm in southern Illinois, uh, and I'm in St. Louis quite often. And Well, I'm in St. Louis. Often enough to, often enough to uh, have tickets to games, you know. Oh, uh, oh, that's good. I'm. That's only about. That's only about like two hours from here, in southern Illinois, where. where southern I actually, Illinois. You know, where I actually own a house and went to school and all the rest of that. <clears throat> but
0: well, uh, well Kevin. We were talking earlier, and you, you kind of have a good kind of unique tale because you're from Chicago. So you root for the Hawks, but you understand the Blues. You root for the Cardinals, but you don't like the Cubs. So tell us a little bit about that unique uh, dynamic you have, being from Chicago but kind of being close to St. Louis.
1: Well, it's a little bit bizarre. Um, <laughs> it is prob- a little bit it, 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 pro- it probably... It probably would seem a little bit bizarre to most people who didn't grow up with it. Like for <clears throat> for one one season I'm in fights every day which would be the baseball season. And uh I would be in fights every day with Cub fans and they would be like uh Rhino is the shit. And I'm like, how about Tom Hurd? Go fuck yourself You know? <laughs> and uh, they'd be like uh they'd be like look at that play Larry Boa just made and I'm like, look at fucking any play Ozzy Smith makes? <laughs> you know? And so uh we would and and I had this friend he used to live across the street from me and he had this belief that Ron Say was uh Ron Say was like just not only not only a talented third baseman and a guy who could hit the ball every now and then, but he seemed to be, you know, like uh uh vaguely gay for him. I'll put it like that. Because he was like uh Yeah he was like Ozzy Smith he he was like uh Ozzy Smith is ugly and Ron Say is a good looking guy. And I was like, well I don't know how many women are gonna tell you that Ozzy Smith is ugly but I don't care what you think and you know Ron Say's Ron looks, to me, irrelevant are, are to the fact that he fucking, you know, can't run down third base these days, you know. And we're talking way past, way past his Dodger glory, you know. Yeah. We're talking about, we're talking about the years when he was with the Cubs, the one or two years or however many that he was with the Cubs.
0: And, uh...
1: So, anyway, my my friend and I from across the street got into a big ass fist fight about that, and he didn't turn out on the best end of it. <laughs> on, on that particular. Well, he didn't so turn did out I. on the best end of any of them, but uh, my oldest brother was a Cubs fan. He still is. And so it's a little bit different when your brother's, like, 16 and you're bigger than you, probably. Excuse me?
0: So you're, you're basically – you're facing some adversity in your own house, not not being a fan of the team that they wanted you to be a fan of. Right,
1: right. See, uh, my middle okay. brother would be – see – the irony is my middle brother was a Yankees fan for obvious reasons.
0: Uh, if you
1: ever have paid attention to my last name and uh, <laughs> who, who the hell I'm related to, but, uh, and I love Don Mattingly too, but I never was a big, I never was a Yankees fan. And, uh, of course. my oldest Excuse me? Oh, no.
0: I'm, I'm just kind of listening.
1: I thought you were going to interject something. Uh, Go but, ahead. But uh, my oldest brother was a Cubs fan, and it's like 1984, so that would have made me shit How old. Um, eight or nine eight or nine, and he was... So he's he's in, like, full-blown puberty, and he's practically a grown man at that point, you know? So he used to like to beat the shit out of me because uh, <laughs> I, I would tell him, guess what, the Padres... The Padres are going to whoop the Cubs' ass this year. What do you think about that? And, uh,
0: yeah. you know...
1: It happened. Yeah, so, so but so I got an even worse ass whooping that night. <laughs> but oh my I God! Will so say that, huh?
0: So tonight, so you know, tonight, you know, it's a very peculiar situation. The, the Blues are playing the Blackhawks, and I'm watching yes. the Blues blow it all. And you're watching. You see, it was almost like you know you were watching the Cards game for me, and I was watching the Blues Hawks game, and it's like you. Are rooting for the Hawks, but you don't like Andrew Shaw, so you kind of, kind of, you understand the Blues side of it. So it's kind of a, I, I find that very interesting. So are, are you a more of a diehard? No, I, di-
1: I disagree in- with you there. I was not oh, rooting okay. for the Hawks. I w- I'm rooting for the Blues because I want to see oh, them that, that's win even better. Me. You know, right? I'm, because I've been. I've been this close to St. Louis for a lot of years. And uh, back in the day when I was up there in Chicago and, uh, or close to Chicago I should say. But uh, back in the day I liked the Hawks and uh, I, always, I always liked the Hawks. But I don't know how it turned out that way but I always hated the Cubs. And I like. Uh, That's, <laughs> That's a very natural
0: feeling to hate uh, the Cubs. Excuse me. That's a very natural feeling to to hate the Cubs. It's okay to do it. I mean, it, sometimes it comes naturally to everybody. Everybody should not like the Cubs and like the Cardinals. That should be a natural feeling at birth.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. That's well. I, it might be too that both of my parents grew up down south. And they grew up listening to KMOX. They had no ties to, they had no ties whatsoever to the Cubs. And my brother's only tie to the Cubs was the fact that we had WGN up there, you know. And uh, yeah. back then, I don't know if they even play Cubs games anymore, but back then they used to play the Cubs games every day. Just basically kind of in the same manner that, that, uh, the, the Fox Sports Midwest plays our Cardinal games. But, yeah. uh, I don't know if WGN even plays the Cards or Cubs games because I haven't lived up there in so long. But, uh, You know, I was I would always just mess with him. I was like, I was like the Cubs trying to the Cubs trying to win a World Series is like trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And (laughs) you know, I would just always have one some kind of one liner for him, and it might not have uh, might not have voted too well for whether or not. We popped
0: that night. <laughs> Definitely. But. Okay, so let's talk about this team. Uh, you know, tonight you have a very you have a young man called Alenis Diaz have five hits and yet he has to somehow mortgage his time the last week with a guy named Ruben DeJada. What is going on there? Yeah. Is there oh, is there Jesus any reason? Christ. I mean, there's no reason that Ruben DeJada should not start. I mean, I mean, there, there, there should be really, really somebody someone needs to show Matt Adams and Tjahana and Seth Mainas the exit, to open the gate, let them kind of wander out and into the wild, and they'll come back, you know, and maybe in a couple months and get traded. But more importantly, and let Ms. Diaz needs to play every day. Am I
1: right? You're exactly right, dude. I was saying that, and I apologize for, I apologize for saying the word dude, but. Uh hey dude hey do to do buddy. I was saying that in spring training, I was like uh telling my friends this guy is proving everything that he needs to do to be able to play in major league baseball. Why is he not you know, I was like I was like if this guy uh Diaz if I was saying, if he doesn't make it, there's something very fucked up That's and very, Matheny, something very Matheny-esque going on right there, because uh, yeah. he's doing everything that he needs to do. And uh, I was, of course, just like everybody else, I was saying the same thing about Hazel Baker. And I will still say the same thing about Hazel Baker because they put him in tonight, and he hit a fucking home run. And uh, I'm not saying he's going to hit a home run every time, but I'm going to say that I think he's got a a good skill set, and I know that – well, I know he's got a good skill set, but I think that he's got a good chance to – I think he's got a good chance to put a solid fucking season together if they give him a shot at it. As far as Diaz yeah. goes, I think that he's got a shot at being the goddamn rookie of the year. You oh, know, yeah. If, I mean, they, if they just let him run with it. yeah. The he, errors he, he might he, be a little bit of a problem, but what I yeah, said on he's one of my quiet. tweets, I don't know if you saw it or not, but what I said on one of my tweets was, "Okay, we've got Ruben Tejada right now. He's a good everyday shortstop. Why do we not have Tejada work with Diaz and work with him on some of the fielding, and then get rid of him, and then yeah. we've got I mean, and then we've got Diaz." Who is who is uh, improved in in his defense, and we've got Peralta, probably in in my opinion, as a backup, because yeah, Diaz I mean, is going to be the future in my opinion.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, and the thing with Hazel Baker is that he had a great start; he was like thirteen for twenty-seven, and then he had an zero for seventeen, so. Well, what I what sure. I want to see as a Cardinal fan, I kind of want to see what phase three of Hazel Baker is. You can't really abandon him because he had a bad streak, but he started off so great. So I kind of want to see him get that third kind of phase and see what happens. And this play tonight, where he comes in and hits a game-changing home run, it should get him some more starts. And you're right, Atlanta, exactly. He has, Good. Yeah, and really unlike Hazel Baker, who went hitless for 17 at bats. Olympus Diaz has never stopped hitting. He's only had one game where he started, and he hasn't had a hit. That's one game I'm sure he started at least ten games, and he's collected hits, and he's got eight doubles, and he collects five hits. And even the day before he he a he had a double. So it just comes down to, you know, he'll, he'll learn his defense. He needs the confidence on the defensive side of the ball, You know, the Cardinals are missing a big tool on their bench in Jose Oquendo, who could be really working with Diaz right now in his defense. But, yeah, Tejada can help them. But they need all the offense they can get. I mean, if you're going to play Matt Adams over at first base every other day, you're going to have to put a guy like Diaz at shortstop just to balance out the uselessness, you know. Or, you know, put somebody useful over there if you have somebody useless at first base. So, yeah, Hazel Baker and Diaz, it's another example in my opinion, of Cardinal rookies coming up and making a big difference if they get a shot. And John exactly. always, oh, yeah, he's always, he's always promised these guys. I mean, I talked to a guy, I'm going to go watch him play tomorrow. I'm watching the Springfield Cardinals play tomorrow in Little Rock. Harrison Bader, who is basically leading off and playing the outfield for the Springfield Cardinals. I talked to him before the season, and I was like, look, Mazalek's made it clear to everybody in the organization If you play well and do your job in the minors, you'll get your shot. Hazel Baker tore up Memphis last year when he came over. Diaz responded to that designated for assignment in July and just tore the cover off the ball. And here they are making a difference. So you see this filtration of talent coming through the Cardinals' system, and you see, you know, if they do your job, you'll get a shot. And every team, that's not the case.
1: Yeah, I agree. And also in certain te- on certain teams and in certain positions, ours is one of them. Uh, you know, certain times there's no room for a person. But in in our uh, in our current situation, I think uh, you know, I don't know quite as much about what's going on at Memphis. I try to keep up with it. But, uh, I do know that I do know that hazel Baker batting five eighty five or whatever the fuck he was hitting for that long uh I know that him batting like that and then him having a slump because probably the other teams got the book on him or whatever uh, I think. I think the fact that he went through a bad stretch is no goddamn reason to sit him when you're playing Matt Adams, who's had a bad stretch for about the last three fucking years. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, I do. And, Matt Adams is, Yeah, uh, he, he hasn't really
0: had, Matt Adams hasn't had. He, he he lost his power stroke in the middle of 2014. It basically is he, he I don't know if he left it on the bus. He'd be left in the hotel room. But midway through 2014, the guy just, just couldn't hit for power. He, and then last year, he I think he was stuck in an over-30 slump before he he tore his quad. And, you know, the guy just, he's kind of not, he's not a borrowed time. He just it doesn't just
1: feels like he deserve isn't the
0: at-bats. Yeah, he, do, he doesn't deserve the at-bats. You have too many other guys. You have Hazel Baker, who's forcing Holiday to play some first base. You're going to have Tommy Pham back here. While he's healthy right, for like right. you know two to three weeks, and you got a guy like you know Peralta's going to come back in a in, in a month or so, so you're going to have a very crowded you know roster. And Matt Adams, we we love the guy. The guy had the big the big home run off of Kershaw. He had a great year in 2013. He did have a bad 2014. He just kind of had a very lopsided, great first half, bad second half, and he just hasn't produced. And in this major leagues, man. With the Cardinals bringing up these guys, because they're doing their job in the minors, you can't afford to give Adams too much time because other guy, other guys deserve the playing time.
1: Right. At first, at first, uh, I'll be honest with you. I thought that I thought that they were just basically, uh, I thought they were just basically trying to raise his value to to give him some, you know, to just fucking get something for him. And the more that he's been in there, the more that he's been in there just striking out with the bases loaded and shit like that, and, you know, maybe not the bases loaded, but people on base, the more that he's been doing things like that, I've been thinking, you just gotta fucking, either send him down or get rid of him or something, but, I happen to be a huge uh, Brandon Moss fan, and yeah, uh, he's got I to have power. been ever since he was with Oakland, and uh, I even liked him with Cleveland, even though he did he wasn't there quite as long, you know. But so it's like uh, you got to start jockeying for positions on where you're going to put these people, because Fam's coming back, as you said. And I'm intrigued by Fam, but I will not say that I am sold on Fam.
0: Oh you know? no, nobody can't be. <laughs> What's
1: that? Yeah, with
0: with with, with, with Tommy Fam, it's hard because he finished really well last year, came into camp, right? Was set to really, he he was set to to push for at least a, a fourth outfielder platoon spot with even with Grichik or in left field, center field, he was going to get that a good amount of playing time. He gets one at bat and then he you know he hurts his oblique. And you know last year it was his it was his uh, his quad. I think he's had problems with right, his and right. The guy the guy can't really get out of bed and, and without twisting something. So you have a guy with lots right. of talent. He's probably the best defensive outfielder right. on the active roster. And so he gets hurt, but then Hazel Baker emerges. But now, Fam is going to come back and really, like Hazel Baker, you know, both these guys are 28. You can't just keep them down in Memphis for too long. I mean, you have to see what they got. So it's going to be very interesting in the next couple weeks. And I don't, I don't know, Fam can't be too far away unless the oblique you know, he re-injures it. So he should be about a week or so away. He's going to need some Memphis at bats or something just to get back in the mm-hmm. swing of things. But it, it's just it's going to be a, it's going to be competition. It's going to make for a lot of uh, good games. It's going to make for some hard decisions for Mike Mathene to make. Hopefully he makes the right ones because we just had
1: over. I don't count on that, buddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, last week you have a thing where Greg Garcia has a great game and then he gets sent down because they don't want to send send down down Adams. Yeah, I mean, and even one of my followers said, hey, why don't you send down Seth Maness, carry one less pitcher, one more bat, and you know, you can keep Adams up here with his little project and you can keep Greg Garcia because Garcia plays multiple positions. He comes off the bench, he can start, he takes a great at bat. He's just one of those right. good utility guys. And he gets sent and down and not
1: only that, he by was, the way, if I may interrupt, uh he can work in at bat and Adams he yeah. doesn't seem to be able to come anywhere near that. You know, I mean, the only thing Garcia to work it, Garcia a... <laughs> could at least he he could at least work some kind of it back to where the pitcher's got to fucking work a little bit, you know. Yeah, and, sorry, and go, sorry might... for interrupting. Go
0: ahead. Oh no, it's a good thing. You're right. He he, you know, he he can bleed down a pitcher, Greg Garcia, he, and he can do this after not coming to home plate for like three games. You know, he he won't play, and all of a sudden he pops off the bench. Takes a very vital at bat, works a walk, hits a pinch hit home run, which he's already done this year. We 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 saw what he did last year against the Cubs. He he comes off the bench and just kind of seems to be ready to go. You know, he he works on right. the bat. Adams comes up there. If you're a pitcher, and you execute a decent breaking pitch. You're going to strike Adams out or get him to reach, or you're just going to give him a gift. But with with Garcia. He, he can adjust mid, you know, minute bat. You, know, you know, he always works these three-ball counts. He gets the pitcher to kind right. of show his whole hand. And, and that also has to do with the, the guy on deck, the guy in the dugout. You know, he makes the pitcher kind of work to show everything he's got. And I just think that he's, as a starter, as a pinch hitter, as a late-inning guy, he just gives you so much more value than Matt Adams. Right. They just don't want to hurt his feelings. And here we are. He starts last night. He goes 0 for four with three strikeouts in the cleanup position. It's not like he's hitting eighth. He's cleaning up, and the only thing he's cleaning up is the buffet table at the hotel after the game. He's not cleaning up any baseballs. People.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember you writing that. That was funny. Uh, yeah, Adams. Uh, not only is he not not only is he not hitting for power as Moss or Holiday would do at first. He's not hitting for shit, and he's not getting on base, you know. And then tonight you got you got Diaz, who goes fucking five for five, and uh, I think he's the first person, would they say, something like he was the first person since 1962 to be a rookie and do that. It was some kind of stat like that. Oh yeah. He's gonna I don't know if that's correct record. that but it was it was something along those lines.
0: <laughs> it sounds uh, good enough. We'll, we'll we'll run with it. It sounds good enough for me. But yeah, he I mean as far as breaking records if he keeps playing, I mean you, you could be looking at your future shortstop and you could be looking at next year or even if Peralva comes back and you still haven't figured out first base, you know, one of my a couple of my followers have said, "Why don't you you can move Carp to first, Peralta to the third, and Diaz the second, or to short, and have Long and, and Jerko at second. And you know that could be your new infield because when you hey, sign Peralta, yeah, that could, Peralta, be, yeah, that could start, be
1: interesting. Yeah, when you yeah, when that you sign Peralta,
0: yeah, the idea was that he was going to eventually probably move to third base. He wasn't going to play all four years at shortstop. So you have a guy like Diaz who just was signed years ago as this guy who may be good, maybe utility, maybe this. And here he is. He's tearing the cover off the ball. He's adjusting well. And and he's going to make that kind of a decision very, very vital here in the next few weeks. Well, Kevin, right. the, yeah, our because, last episode, uh, huh? we have about 50 seconds left on the air. And as you know, you know, it doesn't stop recording. But for the live listeners, you will get cut off. I'm just gonna go we're ahead and just say talking uh, shit
1: like we're gonna do anyway. <laughs> it was great.
0: Uh to, for the listening audience, it was great to have Kevin Manningling on. This is a good Twitter follow. He's he is uh let's make sure I get this right. Your your follow uh address here at Kevin W M two on Twitter. He dishes, yes, he does sir. it back the, away. Uh, yeah. WM2.
1: The WM is capital, and so is the K, and
0: yeah, the two that's right. is just two. That's right. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm Dan Buffa at, at Buff82, so if you want to follow me, we're going to be doing more doses. Uh, I like having this, you know, I had Carly Schaber on. I had uh, Dizzy Dean, a.k.a. Dina Stoker. I had uh, Maria, who was a big Tommy Fan fan. I had her on last week. I'm going to try to get... Some more people on. I, I just kinda like people like people I know in real life, people I know on Twitter, people I know on Facebook. I wanna get people on there and just kinda talk, the voice of the fan, you know what I'm saying?
1: Right, and I would like to say to anyone listening, just support Dan's show because he uh he gives people an opportunity to at least, you know, say their piece about baseball or whatever may come across the table and uh dan's always been a very uh hospitable person to me on twitter and he's always been a very good uh host and uh i've listened to quite a few of his podcasts and uh if you get a chance i would advise that you uh take him up on it because he's
0: a good guy to talk to. Well, I appreciate that, man. Well, hey, we'll we'll, we'll do this again, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about some better things when we do it, maybe later in the summer when the Cardinals are wrapping shit up. Uh, Thanks for coming (laughs) on, man. You have a good night. Hey,
1: Hey, thanks a lot for having me on, and uh, I sincerely do hope that you have me back on.
0: Alright. I man. always enjoy hey, I always
1: enjoy talking Cardinal baseball just as much as you do, buddy. Heck yeah, man.
0: Take it easy.
1: Alright, I'll uh I'll probably see you on Twitter here in five minutes, so and I'll be waiting <laughs> to, to see if I can even hear this.
0: Yeah, you know it'll probably be processing for a little while.